to brunch with me Noreen Mayer on this Monday morning and since it's Monday you know it it is that time of the week for a bit of chinwag with the one and the only Sadia Osmani Sadia it's good to see you yeah here I am I'm very well how are you anyway yeah it's been such a long time it's very good to see you yeah it's good to be back um well so I I think you know it's funny the chinwags I always say it's about something that I've seen or something I've done and um I came across an interesting book recently and this might be, you know this is a subject that we probably have not tackled before on Chinwag. What is this? Okay <laughs> you've already mentioned it so it's um it's about chickens. It's <laughs> okay I think poor I think actually you know chickens um get a bit of a they've got a bit of a low profile because um I think all when when you mention chickens, generally for meat eaters, we only think of them as what they do on the table in terms of and the versatility of the meat and all sorts of things like that. But I came across a really interesting book recently, and it's called Under the Henfluence, which Under I thought was quite Henfluence. an interesting like title. <laughs> and um, and basically, this book is a is about the cultural and culinary significance of chickens in the United States. So I thought it'd be interesting just to tell you a little bit about it and also to look at some of, you know, some of the kind of things that we associate with chickens and in Hong Kong, like in terms of consumption and stuff like that. So anyway, this book is written by a a lady who is uh, called Tove Danovich and she basically explores the lives of these quirky, mysterious birds and um, I think it started for her where she ordered a kind of box of chicks and they arrived in her home and she was actually going to look after them and rear them etc so what she did is she wrote this book which is a a a mixture of kind of chicken keeping a a kind of memoir of her chicken keeping and also sort of a mixture of kind of cultural reporting as well and I suppose chickens are something that you know we tend to just think of as kind of oh they're just really dumb like you know and they just eat all day and um and really the interaction that we have is we never really see them like other animals i think it's funny because you know when you think of other animals that we do eat and that are there like you know you can have like when you think of cows you think okay if you're thinking of feeding them or eating them then you think of really good quality sirloin steak and this and that and it comes from all sorts of places same with lamb you know um so whether it's the kind of foody side of things we also see that these um, these animals have other significances and things um, and but but chickens just seem to be a very simplistic thing so I mean you know you must have a, a chicken in the week um. I do I, I I like chicken I like chicken wings I think it's a, a firm favorite <laughs> oh, of many kids in, in Hong Kong um, I, we, we don't have it as much because of the hormones and we're worried about the hormones even mm. though we buy chicken wings without the hormones um, but uh, we, we we tend to eat less of it but I'd say we'd have chicken about maybe once or twice a week mm. yeah yeah well I mean you know since domesticating the chicken thousands of years ago humans now are kind of we're exceptionally sort of adept at raising them for food in all sorts of ways, whether it's like in big battery hens and things like oh, that, and, yeah. and then their eggs. Free range, yeah, that, that's you know, important. And, and yeah. I just, I'm amazed 
at just how the numbers, especially now with health, what's happening. And when you watch these documentaries, oh, it's, it's horrible. It's quite so scary, can, yeah. some of the things that they show. And, and of course, Hong Kong, we went through so many, you know, bird flus and avian mm. flus here in Hong mm. Kong. 97 mm. was a big one. I mean, okay. yeah, it comes back from that's time to right. time. Yeah. That's right. So the really, the book, um, it's an interesting book to pick up. I've obviously not gone in through the detail. I've not seen a copy. I've just really looked at what it's all about. But it covers various topics related to chickens, including their history, breeding and consumption. And and she actually goes like from a hatchery in Iowa to a chicken show in Ohio to a rooster rescue in Minnesota or something. And she interviews all sorts of people about sort of breeding and training and healing. And most importantly, about sort of adoring chickens about yeah. like liking them and understanding and supposedly you know she says that people don't actually understand that there are they do have a, a real personality you know they've got sort of hidden cleverness they, they're quite sweet and they have these personalities and they're it's not as simplistic as you think they are quite complex because some of these chickens sometimes can be trained to go through like hurdles and this and that or obstacle courses and and so you know again it's like it's just like any other animal that i think what's happened is that perhaps we don't give it enough respect um where it's just it just seems like it's on this massive production line of being just food for yeah. us um uh, and and some of it it says that you know there are about 26 billion chickens living on industrial farms across the world and you know people just tend to think of them as a dinner ingredient and you know she's kind of looked into the lives of backyard chickens and and just seeing that you know how you can make their kind of lives better but i was looking at just hong kong um and i just tried to dig out some stats as to how popular it is so chicken is the most popular meat consumed in hong kong accounting to about 50 percent of the total meat consumption Whoa. which is pretty high yeah. i would say pork is probably on the other side because, because hong kong has the highest meat consumption per gpd oh, i know because um I, I guess in hong kong we have meat in in, in a lot of different meals uh, d lunch and dinner and even breakfast yeah, you know how many times yeah. you go to those congee shops where people will sprinkle a little bit of you know pork yeah, and preserved yeah, egg and it's pork amazing congee. so in 2020 hong kong imported 613 million kilograms of frozen poultry meat which is a 1.8 percent increase from 2019 so you can just imagine the kind of vast amounts that's coming through. I remember um, when I initially moved to Hong Kong, um, I used to go and perhaps look for some halal chicken. And, and there was this kind of big, um, big blocks of chicken which were frozen and they were coming from Brazil. But in all honesty, I kind of felt that when, I, when that defrosted and you used it, I, I seriously didn't know how old that was. And it was always a little bit tough and I, and I got put off because, you know, you wonder like how long these things are in frozen form, you know. We do get a lot of chicken from Brazil. Yeah, you're yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So in 2019, Hong Kong's per capita consumption of poultry meat was 68.7 kilograms, which is higher than the global average of 34 kilograms per person per year. It's almost double. Yeah. So that's exactly what you were saying earlier on that, you know, if people are having it, for breakfast, you know, they might throw it in the noodles or whatever. Because generally, Hong Kong, I, I, 
I think generally Chinese, the the whole concept of breakfast is not really in dim sum. They'll yeah, have it. Yeah. They have a lot of meat in it, or maybe if they'll even if they just have like noodles, they'll have spam with it, yeah. or or so, you know slices of chicken or whatever. Or gosh, cha- or so yeah. it's quite shocking. And then it says Hong Kong's chicken meat consumption has been steadily increasing over the years. In 2010, the per capita consumption of poultry meat was 59.8 kilograms, compared to obviously the 68.7 kilograms in 2019. Um, and most of the chicken consumed in Hong Kong is imported from other countries, such as China, Brazil, and the United States. So, um, but I, you know, I personally, whether it's chicken or whether it's other meat, <clears throat> I've tried through the years just to sort of cut down, you know, sorry, Um, just to sort of cut down that perhaps if you are going to have chicken, then try and look for, say, get one organic chicken or, you know, something that you know has come from a farm or something that has been bred well, not from a battery, you know, thing. But also, like, even if you're having beef and stuff, then compared to um, having it sort of every day, then I think it's it's about us just cutting some of those portions and making it go a longer way. Like, so having less amounts of it. Because if you think about, you know, when we were talking about the amount of pe- uh, chicken people are eating, in Hong Kong it is double. Double. That's insane to even imagine. Mm. That. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. But then the crunch always comes that, you know, when these things like in Hong Kong, you can go around to lots of supermarkets and lots of smaller shops and things like that. And you will find lots of frozen ready, chicken. And yeah. it's, a lot of it is ready made yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. So so it's just made so easy for you that you just pick it up. Mm. But But, you know, I know I've got a couple of friends in the UK who actually have farms and stuff and they're these guys are all vegan and, and they they just you know have these chickens there or whatever but but they um you know the kind of life that those ch- chickens have is they are walking around they are doing whatever so even if you are having the meat i think there's a big difference and i'm sure people can tell the difference between the meat in terms of taste and things like that but i, I suppose it's just like anything else, though. If we kind of try and have um, chicken which has been reared well, has been has a happy life, and uh, and we perhaps just cut down a bit. But I mean, it's quite shocking. I was quite surprised at just the statistics for for Hong Kong as such. Yeah, um, it suddenly jogged my memory. I think I well, no, I think I know. I had a little pet rooster uh, when I was little um, because this was this was in the in the in the very early nineties, and somebody had abandoned a little chick mm. in my building, and my mom and I found this cage with a little chick in it um, in, in the stairwell. You know where the fire escape is. We heard the sound. And we and we got it, and we had it for a few months, and then it started to crow, and we realized it was oh, a it's rooster. Really nice. <laughs> And so then it was so loud, um, and then um, it was so loud in the morning that it would wake up our neighbors, and then we started getting complaints, like, why have you got this, you know, rooster? So then we had to, in the middle of the night, um, in the nighttime, my mum would have to then bring it back into the back stairwell oh, gosh. And, and then bring it back in the next morning, um, and, and we did that. But then one morning it disappeared. Oh dear! Somebody had taken. Oh gosh! Well, somebody um, had a nice meal then that oh, day or something. Oh, it was so you know. sad. But this is. But there is I a lot of maintenance. Oh, that's heartbreaking. It was really heartbreaking. Yeah. I remember my mom coming back in the morning because you know would say good morning to it before I went to school. And my mom came back from the stairwell and was like, 
it's not there. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I suppose Hong Kong oh. is not the ideal place where you can really have, to, unless you've got some sort of garden or yeah. you live in back new in territories the, and yeah. stuff like that. Back in the day, you were able to bring uh, bring back chicks from the mainland. This oh, is right. before the ban or anything. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. I, uh, interesting story. My, my brother in um, the UK, um, there was a kind of time where they all got interested in rearing chickens and things like that. Yeah. yeah. And so he had about four chickens and oh. one was Dolly, one was whatever. And um, he had them in his garden. And I remember, you know, going to his place and and it took quite, it does take time and, and, and effort. But he also, I remember him saying, each one of them is very different. You know, one is quite kind of out, outgoing Social, and she yeah. comes out really easily and the others stay very shy. And, and so they all had very clear sort of personalities. And it was so interesting because one day he said that, and he's a doctor, right? Yeah. And it, one day he said that one of the chickens seemed to have, like their chest had grown quite a bit. And then he did, they did a thing through Google to check what was going on because he wasn't eating, he wasn't doing anything. And they realized that he had some sort of a, a disease not disease but a condition where basically they swallow too much like uh, grass and oh. hay and, and things like that and there's a lot of rough stuff that, that they've accumulated through their pecking and that's accumulated in their chest wow. or something right and so um, so it was so hilarious I mean this is not hilarious but but what happened is that they kind of figured out what it was and then they said that, and he said that, well, he may just, this chicken just may die. But, but then his wife said, look, you know, I've checked on YouTube and supposedly this is a condition where if you open up the chest, all this stuff will come out and you can just sort it out. So what they did, she convinced my brother that, no, we have to make him better. We have to get it better. So she said, you're a doctor. You should be able to do this. <laughs> and so they followed this, these two people on, on um, YouTube who were looking after this chicken. And they basically said that if you covered the chicken's face, <laughs> then the chicken would be subdued and he wouldn't sort of... <laughs> this flap really his like, he wouldn't flap his so wings, it right? It wouldn't be covered. So, so, so like what she did... The chicken. And this is... I got a I got a kind of minute by minute account of this. That basically they got a lamp in their kitchen. And they put this lamp down. Then they put a white sheet down. And, he, and my brother bought some stuff from his office from a surgery to make sure that he was gonna he was gonna say, well, this chicken will die otherwise unless we sort this out. So they covered. She uh, she was the nurse and she covered his his face with a towel or something. Covered and he was subdued. Yeah, it's not my brother's, <laughs> right? The chicken's face. And then he with a scalpel he cut the chest and and this chicken didn't like flinch or anything and then he found a massive almost like a like a plum size ball of all of this like uh, you know th um, and yeah, all sorts of like hay, hay. And, and grass and, and stuff like that which they couldn't consume and he took it out and then it said in the YouTube thing that you basically super glue the the, the thing together super glue the chicken the, you, you, you do and you just super glue because you can't do stitches there's feathers and things there or whatever and so you basically super glue it and then he put a bit of tape over it and then he sat it down away from the other chickens in the coop and he left it and so he said we were observing it for two days and then he said first he was very quiet he didn't move too much and stuff and oh, he second, survived it oh he survived absolutely and and this chicken survived <laughs> and and 
And they actually, and I said to him, look, you know, if your surgery, if your GP work finishes, you know, you can always open a vet. <laughs> but, but the fact is that it actually, and that was from YouTube. They followed these two American people who were doing it um, with their chicken. And, um, and this chicken was actually stayed and lived for another, it was absolutely fine. Yeah. And it recovered. Wow. That's amazing. I, know. I just couldn't, I, you know, I wasn't actually intending to tell that story, but actually I suddenly thought of it that if you do actually I'm rear so glad chickens you did. I'm going to cut this bit out and use it as a trail for the show <laughs> <laughs> because because it is really um it did actually happen and and it is true and I remember my brother telling me, and I remember getting a picture of the chicken, and he said, no, she seems to be recovering. And she started to lay eggs, and, and she was fine. Wow. Well, I, I, I'm speechless, Sadia. That's amazing. <laughs> and remind us this book again, so our listeners Okay, gonna... <laughs> so this is not in the book. This yeah. is my own one, obviously. But the book is called Under the Henfluence, and it's by Tove Danovich. And it's all about, you know, it's a chicken keeping memoir, really. So interesting stories. I haven't really read it as such. I, I've just kind of flicked through it. But I was, I just thought it was very interesting. But it's a subject that, you know, we don't often talk about. But chickens, you know, you know, they respect, respect, yeah. absolutely and related to the T-Rex as well. Close. Uh, rela- oh, really? uh, yeah, close. Okay. Relative. That's another subject then. Absolutely. Close relative uh, to the dinosaurs. Right. On this note, thank you so much, Sadia. Until next week. Thank you.